Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to our monthly book club, and welcome our author, strong and powerful Chester Elton. Chester, are you ready to do this? I am ready, and I am strong and powerful. I love that intro. Thank Excellent. you. <laughs> Let's do this. Chester is the apostle of appreciation. He is a speaker, a coach, a mentor, and the author of Leading with Gratitude, Eight Leadership Practices for Extraordinary Business Results. I'm excited to have you on. Chester, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. You know, great question. Um, I am the uh, proud father of four exceptional children, all nice. the more exceptional since they have grown and left home. Um, three of them are married. We have two uh, delightful grandchildren, and we're lucky that they live only three blocks away, although with the virus, they might as well live in Phoenix. Right. Um, <laughs> We, we miss them terribly. Um, you know, a little. I've, I've been happily married for 37 years to the amazing uh, Heidi Olson Elton. Um, my father and I always joked that the one thing we both had in common is that we married way above our stations. So, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had an interesting career. I started in, in broadcasting. We um, sold TV time. My father ran radio stations up in Canada. I was born in Edmonton, raised in Vancouver. If you have never been to Vancouver, put it on your list. Spectacularly beautiful city. Um, and so that, that's where my career started. I, I wanted to do a little more than, you know, sell 30-second spots uh, on National Spot Time in Columbus, Ohio. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that I uh, wanted to make a bigger impact. I got a job with a recognition company. Uh, you know, I'd, work, I'd sold uh, broadcasting in Detroit and New York, and and we moved to New Jersey. And I worked for a recognition company. It was really interesting, George, because what we did is we sold recognition programs and whatnot to, to corporations where they'd celebrate their employees. You know, whether it was for years of service or sales or 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 you know being innovative, new ideas. And and I loved that. I loved celebrating your people. And I transitioned from from being a, a regional sales manager to actually starting to write books with my co-author, Adrian Gostick. We both met at uh, OC Tanner was the name of the company. And we started to write books on how you engage your employees through recognition. So we wrote a bunch of carrot books. We wrote the 24 Carrot Manager, Managing with Carrots, a carrot a day. There was a theme, as you can <laughs> see. And uh, our seminal book was um, the, the uh, Carrot Principle, where we took a massive database from Willis Towers Watson, and we really looked at the numbers and the case studies and so on. And since then, we've continued to write together. Adrian really, I, I always say I'm a Robin to his Batman. He really is the, the writer, and he's a brilliant writer. We collaborate uh, very well together. We find the stories. We, we take the data. We put it into case studies. And then we give people tools. Leading with Gratitude, which I'm delighted to talk to you about today, is our 12th book. We've sold just over 1.5 million copies of our books. We've had five New York Times bestsellers. And 
delightfully, the um, Leading with Gratitude was number six on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. Congratulations. This last week. Yeah. So, and, and why we why I do what I do, you know, George, that, that's one of those, you know, uh, questions that you can ponder, <laughs> you know, in an, in an ashram in India for, for you know, uh, years. I, I think the, the answer to that question for me, to keep it simple, is I just really believe in the power of people. And that great organizations, first and foremost, focus on their people. They they care about them. They love them. They defend them. They develop them. And when you have those kinds of cultures and when you have those kinds of leaders that when they say people are our greatest asset or we put people first, they really mean it. Extraordinary things happen. And for me, the real emotional connection to that is one of my favorite data points of all time. And that is when you're happy and engaged and motivated at work, you're happy and engaged and motivated in your personal life. And I think now more than ever, when nobody works 40 hours a week, everybody's got their smartphones and their laptops and everybody's working 24 seven, that work-life harmony is more important than ever. And getting the work part right is so important to getting the personal part right. And that's really the motivation between me and Adrian, not just creating great workplaces, creating great you know, families and communities that go along with those great workplaces. Does that make sense? It makes all the sense in the world. And I, I appreciate that. I think that that is, is noble, important and necessary work. I think that there is an, an, an intrinsic link between people being disengaged at work and, you know, and all the other ailments that, 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 that we're facing. So I, I think that you are, I think you're right on the money. So how, how many books have, have you written? This is book number 12. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, we're at lucky, lucky 12. Uh, do you say that? <laughs> sure. Maybe we could start a trend. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think what's, what, what's really important about what you, what you just said is this idea of when you're disengaged at work, you're disengaged in life as well. Because we've all had those jobs where the alarm clock went off and the last thing we wanted to do was get out of bed and go to work. Yeah. You know, my friends would talk about the Sunday afternoon blues. Because they would start, their stomachs would start to nod up. They'd start to have to psych themselves up to go to work. And and how tragic is that, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as opposed to, you know, I remember t talking to my father and I said, hey, dad, you know, he ran radio stations. He was a broadcaster. And he said, what, what was it that you got so excited about radio? And he said, ah, oh, chess. He says, in the early days of radio, I mean, it was the latest and greatest technology. You know, we were so excited. He said, there were days when I was so excited to go to work. I would throw my fist in the air and say, yes, I get to go to work, <laughs> you know, and I thought, you know, not, not many people do that. In fact, the numbers will tell you that really only about a third of employees consider themselves engaged and the global engagement number or disengagement number is well over 80 percent. So we're doing a lot of things wrong. And it's what's fascinating to me, George, and I, I know we'll get into it, is when you find leaders that do it right, extraordinary things happen. And it's just, it's it's proven through the numbers, the case studies, the, the you know share price and all that kind of stuff. It's it's shocking that more people don't lead with gratitude and, and really engage their people. And uh, I guess on the upside, that keeps me working. So I, I should be grateful, I suppose. There, 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 there certainly is that. Why do you suppose that, that, that this is happening the way that it is? Why, why, why aren't people trying harder? You know, uh, really insightful that you, you bring that up. And, and we address that in the book. We talk about the myths, 
you know, the gratitude myths. And I think a lot of it is, is, is people really are multitasking. They're doing more with less. There's a lot of pressure, whether it's the, you know, the quarterly calls in the market or just, you know, hitting this week's quota or this month's quota. And so we, we, we migrate to the reptilian brain that just says, Hey, fear is the best motivator. Let's just put the fear of God in everybody and, and, and get her done and check the boxes and, and go home exhausted. Well, the numbers here are really fascinating because when we looked at surveys and we said, look, uh, will you work harder if you fear for your job? Uh, 37% of people said, oh yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. right? And then we said, well, if you've got a really demanding boss, you know, one that's really just on top of you, micromanaging, just pounding away, will you work harder? 38% said yes. Here's the number that I hope everybody just writes down and maybe, you know, gets some tattoos. When we said, when, when your leader is appreciative and expresses gratitude on a regular basis, how much more likely are you to work harder for them? 83% said yes. No. And in fact, over 80% said that their bosses would be more successful if they did that. You know, they, they would have that relationship. So, so I mean, you know, it's a, it's a really easy bet to place, right? 37%, 38%, or 83%. You yeah. know, it's, it, it's kind of a no-brainer. To, to answer the question is, I, I think we get caught up in the easy explanations. It's all about compensation is another myth. Hmm. Just pay. We just get the comp right, you know, pay them another 50 cents an hour, you know. And then you delve into the employees and you say, you know, would you work for this boss for another dollar an hour? And they'll tell you, there isn't enough money on the planet for me to continue <laughs> to work for that guy, right? <laughs> so, you know, we do debunk those myths uh, in the book in, in preparation. Now, here's a good question for you, though, and I'd love for you to answer this, George. We, we, we didn't use this in the book, and I'm, I'm kind of sorry we didn't, although I understand why is we did ask the leaders that we interviewed what the opposite of gratitude was. Say, so give me the definition of the opposite of gratitude, because I think people understand what gratitude means, right? And if I were to ask you that question, what would your definition be? Disdain. Ooh, you know what? That's a new one. Uh, that's a good one, disdain. Disdain for the people that work with and for you or for yeah. you know, that kind of stuff, yeah. But we had indifference was one, uh, which I thought was interesting. Uh, entitlement. I thought was hmm. a good one. Yeah, that's you know definitely what? a good one. Yeah, when I feel entitled, why would I say thank you? Now, one of our business heroes, and Adrian and I are, are doing a fun project with him right now, is Kent Taylor, who is the founder and CEO of Texas Roadhouse Restaurants. Hmm. And, and if you've ever been to a Texas Roadhouse restaurant, they're super fun. And of course, you can't go in now because sure. they're all closed. And yet they're doing all kinds of fun curbside service, and maybe we'll have a chance to get into that. So I'm talking to Kent, and he's just such a good guy. And he, you know, motor's always running, and he was looking at a, a location for a new restaurant. When I said, Kent, what do you think the opposite of gratitude is? And he says, Ah, oh, geez, Jess, I don't know. Being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I thought, you know what? If we use this, that that that's going to make the cut. You know, yeah. that's not going to hit the, uh, the editing floor. So I, I think you're right. You know. Um, that's the opposite. And and are those any are those words any words that you would like to have associated with you and your career? No. I, I would hope I would hope not. No. No, they would not be. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> nice. So when 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 somebody picks up the book, what what are you hoping that 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 they'll get out of it? You know, I, I'm really hoping that people will will understand that good guys finish first. And it's okay to be a good guy. And it's okay to be, you know, a good person. 
and lead. You know, we, we love the timing of this book, even though you know, we launched it the week before the coronavirus hit. So week one, we had a lot of book sales, George. Right, right. <laughs> Two and three, not so much. Um, and, and this idea that it's okay to be kind. You know, it's okay to be grateful. Uh, and, and, and I think right now, when you see a lot of the online bullying, when you see the bullying in schools and the bullying in the political arena that, you know, people don't talk to each other anymore. They just scream at each other. I think a perfect example is, you know, Zoom, which has been so gracious in giving people 40 minutes of free video time so you could connect with your grandkids and, and everybody else. And now you've got these hackers coming in. You've heard this, of course, I right? Have, yeah. You know, their elementary school kids are doing their homework on, on Zoom and somebody crashes in and starts posting pornography and racial slurs. And like, who are these knuckleheads? Mm-hmm. Do, do you know, what I mean? and, 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 and that kind of thing is there's just no place for that. And yet it's it's so quickly become mainstream that it's you know, it's cool to be cruel. You know, you, you send out just a just a vicious tweet and then, you know, drop the phone and walk. And somehow that makes you better? No. Uh, What I'm really hoping people get out of this book is that when you put gratitude at the center of everything you do, you you, you can create a joyful workplace, an engaged workplace, a productive and innovative workplace where people want to come to work, where they feel valued, where they feel like their voice is heard. We we talk about the definition of a, a culture of gratitude is a place where I believe what I do matters and I make a difference. And when I make a difference, somebody said thank you. It's it's really that simple. Put that to the center. Put those the the the, the viciousness behind you. And as, uh, one of the things we we talk about in the book is assume positive intent about people. Assume that people come to work wanting to do a good job. And and in trying to do a good job, you know what? They're going to make mistakes, and that's okay. You know, we've got problems. You are not the problem. Let's solve the problem. And, and I'm really hoping that people will pull out of that, that, you know, and I think the coronavirus, I'm really hoping will help us focus on that because you've seen so many people say, I'm reaching out to the elderly folks in my neighborhood. I'm reaching out to friends and family. How are you doing? How can I help? You know, and I think that is the long-winded message, George. I love it. <laughs> Answer to, to your question. I believe what I do matters, and when I do good, I want somebody to say thank you. That is so powerful, and I think that that definitely re- it certainly resonates with me. And while it is a function of we all have so many things on our plate, and we only have so much bandwidth, when you do boil it down, simplify things, that's 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 a lot of what it comes down to. That's a lot of what people yearn for and want. Well, and you're you're exactly right. Now, another one of the myths is I don't have time. You know, you're talking about bandwidth. I don't have time. Yeah. I would do more if I had time. You know, the best leaders that we study, and this is like Alan Mulally that saved the Ford Motor Company and Uber Jolie that turned around Best Buy from a billion-dollar deficit to a billion-dollar surplus. You know, and, and one of my favorites, Gary Gary Ridge, the, the CEO of WD-40. I know you have a can, George. For sure. Um, how he creates this tribal culture that, that just takes off. Well, you know what? In a 50-hour work week, which is about what most leaders uh, work, they were, they were spending maybe an hour. You know, how long does it take to say thank you or send out a text, hey, really appreciate you staying late? You know, it's it's 2% of their time. You, you can find an hour. And and when you talk about habits that you want to build, you know, through the, through the book, is two words that I hope will really resonate with people. And that is to be intentional and be disciplined. Be very intentional about your gratitude. 
you know, set up little triggers. You know, a good friend of ours is Marshall Goldsmith, who wrote the foreword. And he wrote a book called Triggers. Set up triggers in your day that remind you to be gracious and, and grateful. You know, simple things like we, we've got a guy in, in Dallas, Texas, who puts 10 pennies in his left pocket. And he sets a goal to have 10 positive interactions with his people. And the way he keeps track is he moves a penny from his left pocket to his right pocket. Or uh, Dave Kirpin, our, our good friend in, in New York City, where he says, when I'm having a tough day, I take a break. I set my phone for a two-minute timer. And I go to the notes section and I type in the, the names of all the people that I love and that I'm grateful for in my life. Hmm. And he says, you know what? After two minutes, I feel great. So set up those little triggers, whether it's I'm going to write three handwritten notes and put it in the mail to random people or people on my team, or I'm going to make sure that I, I text these people, you know, during the day. I'm going to make sure I call somebody and just check in and say, how are you doing now? Because, you know, George, I think with this virus, you're probably like I am. I go from ridiculously optimistic you know, they're going to be playing hockey next week. I can just feel it, right? <laughs> to, to absolutely terrified that this is the end of times in a matter of like 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. right? yep. You can do those emotional swings. So I love leaders that call up their people and say, how are you doing now? And how can I help? Like, how are you doing right now? And how can I help? Those simple triggers. And that's those are some of the habits and, and some of the, the things that we put in the book to help people not just say, hey, cool numbers, hey, cool stories, how they can take what we've written and bring it into their workplaces and, and into their personal lives, which is how we wrapped up the book. Yeah, well, I, I, I love it. <clears throat> I think that, that, that intentionality is, is such an enormous key. Um, and again, being disciplined. So everything you just said, I, I totally agree with. And I think that we all probably have the greatest of intentions to, to, to do these things. But unless we are intentional about it, unless we do somehow build a structure, if it's 10 pennies or putting a timer on our phones, whatever, then they're probably not going to get done. So we need to put those guardrails in place to make sure we do do them because they're so important. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know what? Once you develop those disciplines, it's always interesting to me that uh, – once it becomes part of your routine, it doesn't take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. It becomes not just what you do. It becomes who you are. And, you know, what better tribute than to be known as a gracious and grateful leader? And, and by the way, another myth is, is that leaders that express a lot of gratitude are soft, right? Yeah. And, and this is a soft skill. It's a nice to have, not a must have. Well, I always like to pull up Alan Mulally when you talk about that, because here, here's a guy that went in to the Ford Motor Company in the middle of the last recession and said, the key to this is going to be our people. We got to love them up. <laughs> and all these other executives, you know, like I lived in Detroit, sharp elbows, kill or be killed. You know, you eat what you kill. I mean, just brutal. And did he hold him accountable? Was he demanding? Was he disciplined? Absolutely, he was. And he cheered for his people every step along the way, celebrating small small milestones. The, 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 the media, you know, in, in Detroit, when they wrote up this case study of saving an American icon, right, was that lest you think Alan Mulally is soft, au contraire, he has a <laughs> spine of titanium. So you can be very demanding. And really hold your people accountable and at the same time lead with gratitude. The two are not mutually exclusive. And what Alan proved beyond a shadow of a doubt is that it is not a nice to have. It is an absolute must have. 
particularly if you're going through a crisis, you've got to ramp up your gratitude two, three, four times, whatever it was before, because people are feeling so vulnerable and there is so much fear in the workplace. It's remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, very, very much. So how, how would you encourage somebody to go from zero to 260, for lack of a better term, if they're not doing this, but they think, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for my people, but I haven't been saying it. Right. And that was another myth, you know, that people think I'm bogus. All of a sudden I become hmm. this great friend. They go, whoa, what happened? You know, <laughs> right. so if they, have they got cancer? You know, have they got some life threatening disease? <laughs> what's, what's up with that guy? Um, <laughs> is we, we encourage you to do it now, do it often. Don't be afraid. So just start doing it. Right. Just just look for little things that you can do. Maybe it's a text. Maybe it's a little handwritten note. Maybe it's, uh, you know, we encourage people to have team meetings where you, you call out in the beginning, simple things like, hey, let's talk about three or four things we did really well this week and wrap up. Hey, has anybody wanted to give a little shout out to somebody on the team that's been doing a great job that maybe we've, we haven't celebrated? You know, get your team involved. Gratitude does not have to be top down when when it it gets side to side. It gets it gets really good. So just start to do it. And yes, you're going to be uncomfortable when you first do it. And yes, people are going to maybe think what's going on, right? The thing is, is just do it. It'll be something that you do for a while. And the more you do it, the easier it'll get. And then it becomes who you are. You know, I, I, a guy was laughing. He says, you know, gratitude is like any other kind of muscle. If you don't exercise it, it atrophies. And when you start to exercise or try something new, who's 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 good out of the box like when was the last time somebody said you know george i decided to take up golf <laughs> i'm amazing <laughs> Just like you know that. i uh, yeah i 18 holes my my score was 18 18 <laughs> hole in ones i know it was remarkable no you know nobody's really good at anything right away and so give yourself a break forgive yourself know that and tell your people you know, I love people that are transparent that just say, you know, we, we need more gratitude in the work. And it needs to start with me because, see, the way the leader does it gives everybody else permission to do the same. Right. And so if you lay the groundwork and you start asking people, hey, who would you like to celebrate today? Who on the team has been doing a great job? Simple little things takes a couple of minutes and people's voices are heard, it's reinforced. And, and there's a wonderful uh, book by Amy Edmondson called The Fearless Organization that talks about psychological safety. And I, and I love that term. Is it safe to make a mistake? Is it safe to, to ideate? Is it safe to come up with a crazy idea without fear of being ridiculed? And, and that, to me, is also a big part of a, a culture of gratitude, where there's a lack of fear. We're all in this together. Let's just solve the problem. Well said. Chester, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you and where can they get a copy of the book? Well, uh, you know, everybody's sheltered in place, so go to Amazon. Right. (laughs) Go to BAM, you know, Books of Millions, got great stuff. If you go to our website, actually, it's leadingwithgratitudebook.com. It's got all the places you can buy the book. It's also got a really fun uh, free resources section where we've we've done some fun videos around the myths, around the experience. You can download the first chapter of the book and, and give it a try. And also the foreword of the book that's written by our good friend Marshall Goldsmith. A uh, couple of other places. Uh, follow me on LinkedIn, Chester Elton on LinkedIn. We, we're we doing 
doing, um, we just started it actually. It's really fun, George. It's a LinkedIn Live on Tuesdays and Thursdays at one o'clock Eastern time. And then of course we put it on our, our stream. You can listen to it whenever you want. 30 minutes, really quick hitting, interesting guests. We're gonna have the, the CEO of WD-40 on soon, Gary Ridge, talking about how he took WD-40 through the last recession. We're gonna have Kent Taylor on uh, talking about what he's doing right now. He's got 70,000 plus employees at Texas Roadhouse, the restaurant. His restaurants are closed. They're only doing curbside. He hasn't laid off one person. Wow. Phenomenal leader, phenomenal story. And then we've got a wonderful training company at thecultureworks.com, uh, where if you're interested in being certi of a certified uh, leading with gratitude trainer, we'd love to talk to you. You can do it all virtually. And if that were not enough, George, <laughs> <laughs> they call me the giver. <laughs> there's one last website. We have an amazing um, assessment online called the Motivators Assessment. I'm going to send you a, a link, George. You'd love it. You've got time at home. Do some self-development. Uh, it takes you 20 minutes to do it. It's a, a, a profile on what are your key motivators at work and ergo in life. And you can get a free, a free assessment through um, thecultureworks.com or... Uh, freemotivatorsassessment.com. That's a lot of S's, uh, freemotivatorsassessment.com. <laughs> so, you know, we're here to help. We love this book. We think it'll make a difference, not only in the workplace, also in your personal lives. We didn't get to it, but there's a baker's dozen at the end of the book. 13 things you can do with your family at home. Every leader we interviewed took gratitude home into their personal lives. And that was really affirming. So, George, that was a mouthful. I'm sure you'll put that all somewhere. Yeah, that <laughs> Hold of it and uh, they can go for it. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Chester your appreciation and share Leading with Gratitude with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to leadingwithgratitudebook.com to pick up a copy of it. Go to thecultureworks.com to check out uh, some of Chester's other work and also to get a free uh, motivator assessment or you can go to freemotivatorassessment.com and then finally go to LinkedIn follow Chester on LinkedIn and you can check out the LinkedIn lives that they are doing every Tuesday and Thursday at 1 Eastern thank you again Chester you're the best George I, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity we had together stay safe and remember wash your hands okay amen <laughs> and until next time keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together <laughs> 